Hey, my friend, there are a lot of things and stories we hear from our personal communities that give us a glimpse of what to expect during motherhood. And sometimes of what we hear is mostly the good and very little is mentioned often about the struggles we will face. And not just from our children, but what we as the mother may have. This could be our thoughts, our feelings, and just the experience overall. And those thoughts and feelings in our current experience can be present in the darkest corners of our minds. And we can become too scared to mention them out loud, but they end up leaving us feeling like we are the only ones that feel and think this way. Then we get on the guilt trip train of wondering how can we feel anything but bliss and euphoria that everyone is talking about after having a baby. I mean, how and why can I feel any different? I'm healthy. My baby's healthy. This is what I've always wanted. But why do I feel differently? And why is it that this side of motherhood that no one is talking about or failed to mention could actually be happening to me? If this is you, then you are in the right place because today I have the pleasure of interviewing author of Amazon's bestseller book, Postpartum Me by Susan Yatim Asalam. Susan is a mother, former actor, and Miss Arab USA. In her book, she shares her journey through postpartum depression and anxiety that left her feeling alone and confused while also addressing the dark thoughts that so many mothers are thinking and are too scared to say out loud. And it is a great book to have on hand if you are struggling with postpartum depression and anxiety. Her and I chat about some of the lies we hear as young mothers that don't make the postpartum process any easier, how those affect our daily lives and relationships, and what truths and practices we can implement in our daily lives to overcome them. Okay, get ready because we are about to get into it. Hey mama, welcome to Simplify Birth and Motherhood. I am Amanda. I am a wife and mom of four. I have had a hospital birth, unexpected c-section, a few home births, and now I am a birth advocate, childbirth educator, and your cheerleader in the toughest hood of them all, motherhood. Do you wish you knew what options were available to you when becoming a new mom or adding more to the mix? Are you ready to nurture and build up your mom gut so you can be more confident, educated, and bold? In this podcast, you will begin to understand, find support, and turn knowledge into power through education and resources for pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, and for the early years of motherhood. If you are ready to get clarity to empower your birth and motherhood journey, then throw up your unbrushed hair, hike up your high-waisted pants because sister, (laughs) I know you are wearing them. Put the baby in the ergo and let's start feeding our God-given mom guts. See you inside. All right, everybody, welcome back. And I am so excited to share today because we got an amazing guest, an amazing topic for today. And I am, when we were getting this together, I was just so excited to bring this topic to you guys today because, I mean, this is a really strong topic. And I think this will resonate with any mom who listens to this. And so I have my wonderful guest today, Suzanne here. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Say hello. Hey, mamas. My name is Suzanne Yatim Aslam. I'm the author of Postpartum Me. It's a dark comedy on postpartum depression and anxiety. It's a, it's written in the form of a memoir, in the form of journal entries. So you can really get inside of my head and um, hear the thoughts that I couldn't really say out loud. Well, that's awesome. I love how you do that because I can guarantee 
that we were or all thinking the same thing and just waiting for somebody to say it. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad that it comes from that perspective because it's like, well, I'm glad she said something because I was thinking it this whole entire time. So I want to learn, I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, how you came up with this idea and kind of where it's taking you from, from here. Um, I, so I had postpartum depression and the horrible part was, is I didn't know that I had it. So, um, I thought just because I I got it at the same time I became a mom. So in my head, what I always say is correlation was causation. So I thought, oh, I became a mom and these are the feelings that are associated with it. Ergo being a mom is awful. Like I, I didn't know that I had, I was suffering from a mental health issue and I had never had depression before. So it just never occurred to me. So anyway, so I'm going through this and it's really, really awful. And um, then the anxiety kicked in pretty severely with my second one. So by the time I got out of it, I was really angry, Um, angry that I couldn't talk about it. I tried, I tried to talk about this stuff and people were really like, uh, like they they just were so uncomfortable um, or really dismissive. Um, which we can, we'll talk about, but, um, so I, I was just so angry and I wanted to kind of squash those, those thoughts. We talked before we started recording about how, like, there's just these weird lies that we hear, you know, about, um, what it's supposed to be like, or like wives tales that you hear that you think are true and they're not true. And so I just kind of wanted for the record, set a lot of things straight, but also sort of empathize with you because, a lot of moms will be like, oh, if you took out your name and put in mine, that's that's my story. So this is very, I'm not telling you anything that's wildly unique. In fact, my story is pretty, like, it's just pretty ordinary. Um, I just, I used to be an actress and I always loved writing scripts. So, and I'm a huge reader. And so I kind of put all that together and use my love of creativity in, in that way um, to put it in book form. Yeah, I think that that is like so you had mentioned, <clears throat> I didn't even know that I had it. Yeah. I mean, how many times do we talk to moms, our mom friends, or just meet a mom at the park and, or just somebody who has been through it too, or like, these are the signs that I had, I didn't even know. And then it just like clicks in our head, like, oh my goodness. I think I, I had it. this same Like, <laughs> And yeah. I think even too, it's like, just you're going through motherhood with like, a cloud like it's very sometimes for moms it's very foggy and it's very much like what am I doing why do I feel like this like I feel like I can kind of translate how I'm feeling but I the cloudy part is I don't know why yeah and you're just like this is supposed to be such a great experience for me like why am I not transitioning very well and like all these other moms like I've seen all these other like you know books and posts and videos and from experiences of talking with other moms. So it's very cloudy and very foggy. But then when you talk to somebody and they're like, Hey, I had this, like, this is what went on. It almost just is like, you start to see like the sun, the clouds parting and the sun is coming through because you're like, Oh, I didn't even know. Like I didn't, you know, or even sometimes we don't even know it, but other people know around us. And we're like, what? I didn't even see these signs coming. So, I mean, that's just so true for so, so many moms. And it's like this turning point. It instantly clicks once they realize. Yeah. And people want to feel validated. I mean, any person anywhere from a baby to, 
an old man. Everybody wants to feel that their feelings are valid. And it's so easy in motherhood for your feelings to be validated because, you know, I would say to people like, this is, I don't like this. I need this to not be real. And I actually, for a while, kind of thought that it wasn't real. Like that fog that you experienced, I was like, this isn't actually happening, right? Like I, I could not distinguish my reality from, it just, it just seemed really, really, um, I could not believe this was my life. And people would go, oh, no, 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 no. Thank God he's healthy and you're healthy and thank God everything's fine. And they would just keep saying things like that. And I'm like, ah, and, and, and it just, it frustrated me because I'm like, you're not hearing me. Like you're not hearing my pain. And I don't know how else to say it without sounding like a complete lunatic and freaking out. And sometimes they'd freak out and then they wouldn't really be like, she needs help. They were more like, whoa, God, okay. She, you know, Susan's a little crazy. And it wasn't really like, this is a cry for help. This isn't, they just, they just, I think we get categorized as moms in particular, um, women and then moms that, you know, we just kind of have these like crazy outbursts. Why, why are we having them? What is mm-hmm. happening inside of us that you would just suddenly just freak out? There's, there's reasons behind that, but we don't allow for that space. And, um, and it can be really devastating to a mom who feels because then you're just going to keep isolating, which is what I did. So I just went further and further in my shell. You don't understand me. You don't understand me. And I tried, but forget it. Nobody understands. So then you just go inward and that's a really dangerous place to live. Yeah. And I think too, just like the amount of times that you attempt to talk to people and the more like, no, this is just motherhood. Like you make your bed, you sleep in it. It's like <laughs> yeah. the more you internalize and the more dangerous like that gets for a lot of moms, like the internalization and then feeling just so like, well, I don't feel safe sharing this because the amount of times that I have has been completely ignored. How would you or- keep sharing? It doesn't make any sense. Right. Correct. But also too, like you said, like not sounding like a lunatic because yeah. you're like, you know, even if you're not on the edge of like the severe part of like postpartum depression, like even if you're not there, but even if you just start using language that just to try to describe what you're going through, it's like borderline, you're risking, like, am I going to be looked at as a crazy person? Because it's just not something that we were talking about before we started recording that it was like, this is just not something that a lot of people talk about because yeah. of the fear of like, well, I'm afraid that somebody's going to think that I'm crazy and not have a legitimate reason, or I've have shared it, but people just categorize this as like, oh, this is just you transitioning or like, it's normal for you to feel like this. And it's like, is this coming from a generation? Are these coming from generations that have just made this normal because what I usually like to say on my podcast is like, just because it's normal does not necessarily mean that it's healthy, you know, Mm. like it doesn't. And that's the same thing in this particular case too, just because this is all the normal thoughts and feelings that you feel as becoming a new mom or adding more to, you know, the family, this is just normal. These are just normal. You'll get over it. You'll be fine. And it's like, but what if I'm not like, what do what do I do in those cases? And so I want you to share with us, what are some lies that we talked about some of the things that we believe what's normal, what's not normal, or maybe you're crazy, you're not crazy. What are some of the lies that we hear as young mothers throughout our motherhood, maybe not even the lines of like what you're feeling is crazy, but even some of the, of the expectations that we have had 
in motherhood or that people have told us to have an expectation of? What are some of those lies that we believe? Some of the fun ones um, that are more generic are like, you can't get pregnant when you're breastfeeding. That's a lie. Um, (laughs) That one I didn't experience, thank God. But uh, the one that I did experience was you can't get your period while you're breastfeeding. That is a horrible, evil, cruel lie. That lie, whoever said that, the first woman that said that, like, I just want to punch her in the face because it was, it was so devastating. I was four months postpartum. I was in pain. I was depressed. My nipples hurt. I didn't feel like I was recovering. I was like, the depression caused a lot of physical issues. And on top of that, I had to get my period. Like, is that not punishment enough? You know? And it was was so, I was so angry. And had I known that I was going to like to expect that it might've been easier, but just out of the blue one day there it was. And I was just, I was so, so angry. Um, Oh my God. It made me so mad. So mama's I'm sorry if it happens to you really early, but it can. So just don't lose all your tampons. I was like rummaging (laughs) in my closet trying to find one. Um, You know, then there's like, you're all having an adult diaper that I wore postpartum. Is that going to (laughs) work? Then there's, there's things that are, are different that I talk about this a, a lot where our idea of what a mother is, is we haven't taken it all the way to its completion. So people will be like, and you know, you'll see this when mothers pose for a maternity photo shoot, they look like goddesses, right? That's how we pose them. We pose them with like, they're in the water on the beach with like their wet dress is like flowing behind them. And, and they've got these, like this beautiful luscious hair and and it, everything's just so perfect and they're so curvy and it's so beautiful. Um, and we're like, Oh, mothers are goddesses, but that's not actually what people mean. What people mean is that we're Madonna's we're like the Virgin Mary. And the Virgin Mary, even though she's a really dynamic person, that's not really how we describe her. We kind of describe her as like this one note character. We describe her as a character, Mm -hmm. first of all, but also she's like very one note. She's just this like pious mother of God and just like perfect and humble and serene and whatever. Um, No, go to, go to that completion. Like tell us where goddesses, but then like, what are goddesses? Goddesses were fierce and they were pissy and they were emotional and they were jealous and they were sexy and they were beautiful and they were big and they were small and they were happy. And like all the human emotions are what goddesses were. And we're not given that liberty, you know, cause we are all those things. So tell us where goddesses, but then let us actually be that and have that range of emotion, like every single human being, because all humans have that, but we just experience it on like this heightened level when you're, especially when you're a younger mom. Um, And it really bothers me that we're not allowed to have that and express that in a way where people are like, this is, this is mom life. And, you know, she's experiencing this and this is a part of the journey. Instead, we're like, yikes. Yeah. And I think too, like not viewing it in that way is like always expecting moms to be strong. Like you be strong. Like even when it's hard, you be strong. And it's like not expecting. Yeah, exactly. Like I can't, you know? (laughs) And so it's, you know, they having that picture of just that strong strength, like only one side of that goddess, like feeling of like, or goddess picture is strong and capable, fruitful, you know, uh, beautiful, you know, it's like, like, (laughs) yeah. And so you think that like, but there, like you said, there it's, there's another side to that, that I feel like, yes, be a goddess, but we only want you to be strong. 
we right. don't want you to be like sad or emotional or right. like a little, you know, uh, weak. We don't yeah. want to see you. Weak. That's why I feel like they're really equating us to like the, the Virgin Mary, because she was this like very, at least how we perceive her. Like she's very strong and she held her son in her dying arms and, you know, but like, she was just such a force and that's it. That's all she gets. Like, what about all the other aspects of her? Anyway, so I just, I don't like that that's, that we're like these one note people, assuming that we are looked at as people. Yeah. But I think though, too, you talked about Mary, like I think about the time when like Jesus, like they were traveling and Jesus was like left at the temple and they didn't realize it for like a couple of days. And it's like, <laughs> could you imagine what Mary, like Mary was probably freaking out. Not I'm only did she, li- well, yeah, but too, like, could you, I mean, the, when she finally got to Jesus, she was like, where have you been? And it's like, you know, he, and he responds, and, you know, of course, in his, you know, God-like gracious, like response. But it's like, could you imagine? I don't think she was like strong and warrior, like, I'm going to go find the son of God. You know, she was like, you're kidding out. Yeah. yeah. Like, so it's that whole like humanistic, like aspect of like, you know, we don't do that. We don't humanize moms. We right. don't. And it's so frustrating to me because another person could be like struggling at work and have a breakdown at work. And people are like, yeah, wow. Yeah, no, I know works hard. And yeah, I'm so sorry. But then like, if you had a breakdown with your kid, that's just like, no, you know, it'll be better tomorrow. And and I, I don't know. It's just, we're not given that luxury and it sucks. It's really, mm-hmm. it's really cruel because the emotional roller coaster that a mother goes through is so severe. And then to not have people around you that are supporting that, um, is just it's insane they're the crazy right. one I know. Okay. and i think you know i think it's gotten a particularly it's gotten a little bit better part like because of social media we are yeah. seeing a little bit more people being a little bit more spoken about it i mean i was talking to somebody recently and they were like you know back in the day, like we never heard really anything about like miscarriages. And it's like, it's because people are getting more, doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It's just people are getting more vocal about it. So I like how when you wrote your book, that it's like just getting it out there, like, hey, we're speaking and we're the and so with social media, it's like that. But then at the same time, you have people the unrealistic expectation is which I'm seeing a little bit more of like moms, we need to be like this moms. And it's getting this like, little bit of this like mom guilt or like, oh, whoa, something must be wrong with me because that's not happening to me or that didn't happen to me. And so it's this double-edged sword in a way because it's getting the word out. People are talking about it and people are realizing, like you had said, like, yeah, you can get pregnant while you're breastfeeding. I mean, that happened to me. And those that's like something like I was only eight months pregnant when I got, uh, I was only eight months postpartum when I got pregnant with my second and that I didn't know that. And so it's like, but as time is going on, we're hearing all these things, which I think is great, but it's needs to come a little bit further. We've come a little bit, but we need to still work on that as far as not all the things that we were just discussing about it needs to get a little bit better and needs to have better expectations and realities when it comes yeah. to being a mother. Yeah. I think there's also recency bias because we're bombarded with so much content. You know, you can look at a look at a post that's like, "Hey, mamahood is so so hard," and you know it's okay and to feel weak and whatever. And you're like, "Yeah, okay, good." And then the next video you see, it's like this cute mom with an apron on, and she has like a size two waist, and she's making cookies. And you're like, "Well, I suck," 
you know, and, and like, it's, I just a lot of back and forth, depending on what is the last thing that you saw in the state of mind that you're in when you see it. And just, you know, just a bit of a, yeah. Cause things do trigger. It's like, you know, I just recently, you know, went through a traumatic experience with my fourth and it was like, there were some things on there that was like, I can't even think about that right now. Like that triggers me of thinking or feeling this way through that whole healing mentally and physical process of all that. So it's like, I understand that totally. Yeah. So what about any more lies that you feel like are definitely number one, besides the ones that you have mentioned? Um, I think one of the weird ones is that, you know, they say like, it takes a village to raise a child. And that's true. And I really like that my kids have uncles and aunts and um, a few non-relatives that are just crazy about the kids. It's really great. Um, But the village also needs to be for the mama. Like, like something I learned, I I remember when my, uh, my grandma got really, really sick and she was in the hospital and everybody was doting on my grandma, but nobody was paying attention to my aunt who was taking care of her. And I looked at my aunt and I was like, she needs a break. So I got, I bought her some, some breakfast and some coffee and she likes to smoke. So I gave her the stuff and I was like, go smoke, go do your thing. Like go away for 30 minutes. I'll stay in the hospital with grandma. Um, and, and she like, it's been five, six years. And she's like, remember that one time that you took care because like nobody takes care of the caretaker. And that's something that we often forget. So that sort of became my thing with moms is like, you're going to take care of the baby. You're the one with the milk. If you're breastfeeding, you're the one that's staying up in the middle of the night. I can't help you with that. I don't live with you, you know, but, but can I take care of you while you take care of the baby? And that's something that that's where I want the village. I want the village around the mama, not just necessarily around the baby. Um, I remember I was talking to a family friend and she was like, I was like, how are you? And she, she had a four month old baby in her arms, first baby. And she was like, I'm good. And I'm like, no. And I got really close. I'm like, how are you? You know, like really, <laughs> how then, are you? Like, <laughs> and she was like, oh, well, I, I mean, you know, I, I guess I'm okay. I think. And then she just started really actually sort of dissecting what was really going on with her. And later she messaged me and she was like, yeah, um, you're the first person that actually ever really asked me. And that made me start to think, okay, I think I need more help. And so I reached out to my, my fiance and I was like, Hey, I actually really need this, this, and this, and I'm not getting that. And I need this. And, and, and she would, she was telling me, she's like, I felt like a piece of furniture. Like people would come to me, wouldn't even look at me, take the baby off my lap and go play with the baby. And I'm like, hi, hello. And so this whole, like this whole thing around not sort of not coming around the mom to take care of the mom is I, I, it really makes me sad because we, we go from becoming a person to just like a, a surrogate, like somebody who just like created a baby and went away. And I, that makes me really sad because that's when you need help the most. And we don't really seem to focus on the mom's care. We focus on the baby's care, which is she's the baby's going to be fine. Like we have doctors and the mom and the dad. And, but what about you? Yeah. And I think that's great because when I talk about education a lot on my, on the podcast. And one of the things that I really know that from just because from experience, it's like, as a mom of four, it's like, there comes a point where you realize like, okay, what am I going to do in my postpartum? How am I going to recover? How is this going to, how am I going to transition? Well, and so one of the things that I know I stress is like post-pregnancy, like postpartum is you need to prepare. 
and meaning not prepare because we need to teach you how to take care of your baby. Cause some of our listeners on here are experienced moms. They've taken care of the baby. They know how to do that. But it's like, sometimes we find that we just don't know how to take care of ourselves or even our partner doesn't know how to take care of us in that period of time. And it's like, this is the education you need to do that. Like if we can talk about like, baby's birth bath, like what's normal, what's not normal. But I'm stressing, this is how we support mom. This is how we take care of mom. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so, when it comes to postpartum, it's like, that's what we need to be stressing. Not so much, well, the baby, this baby, that baby, this baby, like there, it's a, a course, like a little bit, you know, but at the same time, we also need to stress if we're going to learn as much about baby, we need to learn as much as like how to take care of mom in post. Yeah, well, when you're, su- if you're supported and you are in a healthy state of mind, it's going to be easier for you to go, okay, let's focus on the first bath. How do we get this done? But if you feel like you're spiraling, ev- everyday tasks are difficult and daunting and, 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 and heavy. And so can I get you to be in a state where you feel like you can tackle that easily? Right. And I think historically, if you learn about like midwives and doulas, I mean, these are all women from the community, but doulas in particular, they are known for mothering the mother. Like that's what it is. It's not like, Hey, let's just be with you for birth. It's like mothering the mother throughout the entire process. This Mm -hmm. is like, not just for birth, but also in postpartum you have these, I mean, historically speaking, that's really how that all started. And that's what they do. They mother the mother. And that's what we should be doing. Mothering the mother, taking care of mom and doing those things. And so, because like you said, I mean, simplest tasks of like clearing the dishes out of the sink and just putting them in the dishwasher can be an overwhelming task for mom because Mm -hmm. of the amount of pressure and emotions and hormones that are kind of still settling down and, you know, all those things. Yeah. The lack of sleep, yeah. um, you know, the expectations that we thought that weren't really there, you know, so there could be the littlest things can be very daunting. So it's not even just, you know, help me help myself, but I can't help myself if I can, if somebody can't help me, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So how does that with all that, how does that affect our daily lives, our activities and relationships with our children, spouses, family, and friends? Some of these lies that we hear as young mothers, how does that affect all those things? It, it, it factors into the shock factor of walking into motherhood. And in, in, even if you knew everything, even if you were a doula and you walked into motherhood, you're going to be overwhelmed because just becoming a mom is, is difficult and overwhelming and that's fine. But when you have all these weird expectations and then none of those things end up being true, it's, it's like, it's like we gaslit you. And so you just walk in going, I'm sorry, what? And then, and then the shock sets in because you're like, nothing I ever knew was real. Everything is a lie. And and it's really, it's really, really overwhelming. And then dealing with it, I actually, I write this in my book. I'm like, I hate using war terminology when it's not in war, but it's a shell shock. You were mm-hmm. just shell shocked and you sort of walk around in this weird state where you're like, just in, you're not really a person. You're just kind of like navigating and you're kind of moving around and you're not really associating with the world. And that, that 
that is why education is so important because you need to know, otherwise you're going to walk in and feel like you're walking through a minefield, another war to Mm -hmm. My husband and I were kind of talking about that a little bit. We were talking about, um, you know, we have a little bit of some older kids in our house and some of them are boys. And I was talking to my husband. I was like, Hey, you know, you're going to have to teach them how to do these things. And my husband was like, well, why do I have to explicitly teach them? Like, can't they just learn it? And I was like, I said, well, what did, did your dad teach you how to do that? He says, well, no. And I said, how did that work out for you? Like how, like for you to figure it out on your own. And I said, that's the problem. I said, like the generations, like the generation before us or the generation before them, it's become this generational thing. Like, well, my dad didn't teach me how to do it. And I just figured it out, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's like, but how is that setting up our next generation? Like, how is it doing that? By just letting them figure it out, throwing them off to the wind, like, how did it feel for you to just be thrown off and not know like how to do these simplest things or some of these things, learn how to do things that are very, can become very handy in life. And so it's like, we need to stop that. Like that, like this is where it needs to stop. Like if they, they obviously don't know how to do these things, but we're just not going to leave them to figure it out. And I think that's the same thing for moms. It's like the generational of this, Hey, this is what realities of what motherhood is like, Hey, these are the expectations that we people had on us, but this is what we learned, but it's not like this. Like you said, to take away that like shock, like mm-hmm. shell shocked value out of it. And it's like, this is what something that I feel like you and I both resonate on this. It's like, and that we are in agreement on is we are prepping people like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to just throw you out to the wolves. Like I'm going to, educate you and I'm going to help you because to figure it out on your own, I was there or I was there and it was a horrible feeling. And this is not what I want for you. And this is not what I want. I mean, one of my kids, you know, she's a girl and it's like, I don't want that to happen to you. So I'm going to share everything that I know, the good and the bad and the expectations that you may hear versus the realities. And so it's like just setting that next mom up or that next generation up is so key when it comes. And this is like you said, where education comes in and this is why it's so needed. So needed. Yeah. There's so a couple of things. I think one thing is really funny in that there's like a, I don't know if it's like a biological phenomenon, but you know how, like after you have a baby, you don't really remember the pain. Like, you know, it hurt, but you can't really like, and I, you know, it's probably set up that way so we can keep procreating. Because otherwise, how do you keep going? Um, <laughs> I was really like, if you constantly felt you would never do it again. Um, and yeah. I had I had all natural births, which is difficult. Um, yes. Did you have it too? Well, with actually with all of my kids, with my oh, first, yeah. I went through natural birth. Um, well, the natural process before I was transferred and had a C-section with him. Oh. But then my other two were natural at home. And then my fourth one was natural, but then had to be transferred. And thankfully I was because there was something else going on that we had no idea that was a genuine emergency. So, um, and I say that very like, yes, it was genuine because of the situation. So, um, you know, so with that, I understand, like you think about that every time you're like, oh, yeah. 
why don't I remember this? Like when you like meet moms out in the world, you're pregnant. It's so weird. They, you're like a homing beacon. Like your stomach is a homing beacon to all these other moms. They're just like, (laughs) you want to know, you know, like the gender of the baby and where you're having the baby and what kind of birth you want to have and what your birth plan is. And oh, like, oh, you're a boy. So I'm a boy mom. And oh, like, you're just going to love this train park and the boys love trains and et cetera. And you're just like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. But, you know, nobody's going to come to you and be like, listen, woman, this is going to suck. Got it. You know, like, like, we're not going to say that, but I kind of want like future Sue's to like come back and tell me this, like, if only that could be the case. Um, And so we kind of like, we romanticize it after the fact, like you see, we see babies now and my husband will be like, let's have a third, you know, cause you see like a cute little baby and it's so darling. And you don't remember the sleepless night. He doesn't cause he didn't stay up, but you know, you don't remember <laughs> the sleepless nights and you just remember like how cute they are and how sweet. And I'm looking at your baby right now with the big eyes and it's just so darling. And I want to hold your baby, but I don't want to stay up all night with your baby, you know? So like, as soon as I remember that, I'm like, oh, that's so hard. And I don't want to be there. But when you're talking to moms, pregnant moms, it's really easy to just be like, Oh, it's so lovely. I miss being pregnant and oh, it was so beautiful. And yeah, it's hard, but you know, it's worth it. And it is hard and it is worth it. But we sort of like the expression I use because I used to be an actress is we montage it. Does that make sense? We like look at it through this lens of like the music in the background and these like scenes that we've put together in our brain to create this cute little B-roll that's so darling and you don't really feel the depth of the of the of the difficulties probably by design but that's where other moms come in to be like hey i'm here i got you i know this is hard what can i do to make things easier for you right and that's like <laughs> you were saying that and it's like that is so true i think even so like just people who aren't even pregnant, not just like, Oh, it's so worth it. Like they start telling you like, Oh, my birth. And like, this is what I did. And this is what I did. And that's, you know, and it's like, sometimes the highlights are just like the good things. Like, Oh, I went into labor all by myself. Or like, he came out like, you know, so naturally, like I barely had to push, you know? And it's like, sometimes, yeah. And sometimes the stories are like that, you know, but then you do get some people who are really transparent. I, I hear more of like the transparency of like, oh man, it was hard. My transition was really hard. I had postpartum depression. When I tell them like, oh, I'm a childbirth educator. And then that's when they start telling me like, oh yeah, like I had it really hard and my OB. Yes. And so it's like, I, it's interesting that you said that because I was like, that's so true. This like this beacon just goes out like like scanning the room like yeah well so weird things happen so first of all it really bothered me because I really like to talk about all sorts of stuff that are not mom related and when you're pregnant you don't get that luxury nobody wants to talk to you about anything other than mom stuff which is so annoying. It was so annoying for me. Like if for me particularly, I was like, Hey, I'm still all these other things. So that, that really bothered me. But also I remember like, and you probably can't even count how many times this happened to you. Cause you have four kids, but how many times were you at a store and somebody looked at you who's already been a parent and you just see the look on their face of like regret. And they look at you and they go, enjoy it. It goes by fast. 
and you're like, I can enjoy it. I'm not even sure I brushed my teeth today. And you're telling me to enjoy it. Like I, what? Like, and, and mm-hmm. I, I would get so frustrated because like, I wasn't in the space to hear that, even though it's true, even though what they're saying is gold, it's true. Cause my kids are six and eight. And then like, I look at old pictures of Ronan when he was two and God, he was cute, but I can barely remember. And I miss, and I wish I was more present and blah, 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 you know, that's all very true, but it's so hard to hear when you are in the thick of it. It's like, mm-hmm. to use another war analogy, like you're in a war and you're getting shot at and they're like, it's okay. It'll be over soon. You're like, yeah, okay. But I'm currently getting shot at. So like I, I could die right now. And they're like, no, but it's okay. It'll be fine. And right. It's just so it's, it's just hard. Like you're not, it's one of those things that until you're on the other end of it, you can't appreciate it. Right. And that's, that's exactly what I think of when we go through it. Like when people say that, I'm like, yeah, but it's hard. And I remember some, a friend of mine, she is, you know, a veteran mom, even before I even started having kids. And when my husband and I are, all of our kids are really close in age, like extremely close particularly our first three are really close in age. And one of the things that I just really appreciated was just that somebody just mentioned like, cause normally, like you said, you know, people have all these positive things of, Oh, it's going to go by so fast and it's so worth it. But like, I remember in particular, my friend, she was just so trans and I appreciated this. She said, you're in a really hard season. Mm-hmm. And it was just all like, Oh, thank God. Somebody said that because I feel like this is hard. And for somebody to just recognize that and just be like you to like validate that, like, Mm -hmm. it's not all about like playtime, like all the little funny words that they say, like words that they say that are really funny. And, you know, it was genuinely hard. And for somebody to recognize that was just so like, I felt like I came up for air a little bit because it was like, somebody just knows that this season is hard. And I, that's like one thing a friend of mine right now, she's kind of in that season that we were in at that time. And I just told her it's hard. You're in a hard season. I, I know it's hard. And it's like, I'm not even going to tell you that this is going to be worth it. I'm not even going to tell you the light at the end of the tunnel is so beautiful and bright. You know, it's like, I'm just telling you it's hard. I see you and it's so hard. And so I think hearing more of that is, would be refreshing versus, but then two, it would also just be the reality of like somebody reminding us like, yes, this is hard. Like you're not crazy for like feeling tired, (laughs) you know, like, so I just, that's always, always has stuck with me. As we, a mom. Put, we put an asterisk asterisk on it. We say, God, I really hate today. I mean, I love my baby, but I just really hate being a mom. Right. And you're like, well, you don't need to say that. I don't need, to, I didn't think you hated your baby. You know, mm-hmm. I just, so, but we have to sit, qualify that statement because otherwise we're going to think that you're a bad mom or, or mm-hmm. so just, just being able to say, this is hard period. And, you mm-hmm. know, up is it, it just is really to have that space to be able to say that to somebody and somebody to go yeah totally mm-hmm. get you know, that's really nice and it's just so rare um and, and and it's it's weird because my postpartum depression was different than a lot of the women around me that I tried to talk to about it so I'd be like um my kid ruined my life and I have regrets 
And the other moms were like, oh, I'm depressed because I have to leave my baby and go back to work. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. And so Mm -hmm. theirs was like, I'm so in love with my baby. I can't be parted. And because mine was just so awful and, and I was blaming my child for my life not being as good as it used to be. That's just, it's such a weird kind of thing to say that even among other moms, Um, who couldn't understand that because that's not the kind of depression that they were experiencing. Or it's really hard to validate because you don't want to validate somebody who's like, I don't like my kid. That's a weird thing to have to validate. Um, Mm -hmm. So it puts, it puts people in kind of an awkward situation um, where they want to be like, "Um, I mean, yeah, being a mom's hard. And I'm like, no, no, I don't like my kid. And you know, you're saying these things and in hindsight, it feels so weird saying that obviously. Mm -hmm love my kids now well I mean I always loved them but you know what I mean like I I love them now and I don't feel any negativity towards them but at the time all I wanted was somebody to be like I feel you yeah yeah and that's like you know that's my next question is like is modern culture fueling or remedying these lies like how like how are they doing that and why do you think whether they are fueling it or remedying like why do you think it's still continuing or how is it changing no i don't think it's really changing to pretty too significant too significantly for example i go out with my children all the time not once in the eight years i've been a mom has anybody said Wow, look at you doing such a good job with your two kids out at the grocery store. Do you know how many times I've said that to my husband when he goes out with the kids at the grocery store? Mm-hmm. It's kind of infuriating. <laughs> oh, this is me off. And it, it makes him uncomfortable. He's like, oh, I didn't I didn't know I did anything like heroic. But here I am. Mm-hmm. Like they're like treating me like Superman. Um they're like, so- you know what? Groceries on us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should just send him out all the time then. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, people are still saying that people are still wowing over the fact that he's, ba- oh, I went out of the country for two weeks, which is the first time that I've ever done this. I got back on, on Friday, today's Monday. So I, I just got back and I was out of the country for two weeks and which was really hard for me to be away from my kids for that long. But it was, I hadn't been back to my motherland in 13 years. So I just like, I really kind of took the time and um, people were like, well, then who's watching your children? And I'm like, their dad like why is this a question i don't i don't understand this question he can go out of town for two weeks and nobody's ever like oh gosh who's home with the babies that's never that's never been asked and he used to travel so much never once did anybody ask him that but every other day somebody was like well gosh he can do that wow so no i don't really feel like we've gotten that far in our expectations of mothers versus fathers. I don't think we've gotten that far in allowing women to actually express because like you can go online and see people on on Instagram express the difficulties and mom rage and mom guilt and all that stuff. But then like when you're in your house and you're among your family and friends, I don't know that that's permeated our, our like actual physical groups. Yeah. yeah. No. And I get that because like, I, it's, I remember when my husband was traveling for work at one point and he'd be gone four days a week. And this is when my third, I was super pregnant with my third and two other little small ones. And they'd be like, oh, wow, that's so hard on, you know, your husband to be gone away from you guys. And it's like, <laughs> what? I thought they were gonna, like, oh gosh, that must be so hard to not have your husband home to help you is the only thing that should have been said. 
Yeah. Or like, oh man, I was up all night because, you know, my baby was crying and like, I'm sick. And we're like, oh, well, I was up all night with my dog, you know? And it's like, no. And so I get how that is still very prevalent today because yeah. and it, when I go out, like, you know, we had talked about sometimes people, they look at the face of like regret, like right. on their, you know, sometimes when I go out, it's a face of like, dang, that sucks for that girl because like, girl, <laughs> I, you know, and so it's like, yeah, it's tough, you know, and sometimes I have to like respond for the sake of like, you know, not necessarily, I have to respond to these people in a way that's like, yeah, this sucks. And yeah, this is hard but somebody's got to do it. So, you know, in a way I'm like trying, I respond in ways like, well, you know, at least I got some helpers with me as like, you know, to kind of negate, like kind of cover that up a little bit because not so much as to not validate like this sucks, but just more of like, well, this is what it is. Like yeah. I'm got to get groceries. My kids are with me, you know? And so, but then if yeah, I remember one time my husband he took my kids for a walk and I was probably a few days later, took them for a walk. And she's one of the girls, I guess she'd been going for a walk frequently. And she said, is your husband the one that walks with the stroller and then the baby on the back too? And I was like, yeah, that's my husband. He's like, and she's like, we saw him the other day and we thought that was so cool. And like, how like great of him to be out with the kids. And I'm like, Hi, like, okay, cool. Like, you know, so I totally get that because I can't even tell you how many times that is like particularly happened to me in the midst of my husband doing the exact same thing as me. But for some reason, it seems to be more, I don't know, heroic. more beautiful. Oh, yeah, more heroic. Exactly. Yeah. It just so. says a lot. That that just says so much about about where we are. Yeah. I have nothing to add to that. It just Yeah, like, and... <laughs> It just paints the perfect picture. Right. And I think there's so many different aspects too of like, you know, as a mom, so many other different duties that you do at the home and so many other different burdens. I mean, it's been a little bit more talked about recently where they, you know, a stay at home mom works more than a dad who goes to work. And it's like, it's really nice for people to see that perspective sometimes because it's like, you know, my husband, he talks to his mom and says like, you know, honestly, my, um, you know, Amanda works a lot harder than me. You know, she works 14 mm -hmm. hours a day and then some, you know, because he realizes that it's like, it's hard. This is hard work. This is really, really super hard work. And it's not like training a dog. You literally are raising humans, like humans that are going to go out and contribute to society and who are going to like function. And it's like, you I mean, it's a lot, a lot it's to care. It, it is. And so it's like the idea of like, no, we work just as hard or even more is, you know, needs to be, I guess, a perspective that needs to be shed some light on in some way, you know? Well, I heard this, this, uh, this guy, we were like all sitting, having dinner at my house, just a group of people. And there was this young kid there. He must have been in his like late teens, early twenties. And he over he had, he told the story that he heard a stand up comedian say, and the comedian was like, "Really, being a mom is the hardest job in the world. Is it harder than being a redhead in Arizona, built like uh repairing rooftops? And we live in Arizona, and it's 111 degrees, and 
that's a hard job. And I'm like, and then everybody at the table laughed. And I'm like, you don't understand. That's not the same, like the emotional mm-hmm. toll and the constant stress and always on your mind in the middle of the night. My, my son is six. He woke me up twice last night for no reason. Like he just mm-hmm. woke up upset and I'm the one that gets up and I'm still like, I keep joking. I'm like, I haven't slept in eight years. Like I haven't, mm-hmm. I don't sleep. And it's just become normal. And Mm -hmm. that redheaded Irishman on an Arizona rooftop, like he gets to go home at the end of the day and, and he doesn't think about it anymore. And he's not like emotionally dying inside, you know? And, and there's just, I, I, I hate that we even like made a joke about it. And, oh, I hated that everybody was laughing. And I was like a year, I was a few months postpartum and I was like, you stand up, you're all shut up, you. Just get out of my house. <laughs> you don't even know. You know, <laughs> he's a dude. He'll never know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. And I laugh because it's like just the comparison is like, it is, it's funny, baffling. Like, okay. It's like, okay, sure. I hear sure. you. Okay. You. Yeah. Okay. That's what I usually say. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. On that, what are some truths or daily practices we can implement into our lives that will help overcome some of these lies or re I would say heal, heal from these lies because we talk about the shock value and we talk about how it could, it is just like, whoa, and it rocks us completely. So not even like overcoming them, healing from them because they do cause some mental, emotional damage to us, which are probably the most last, the longest to heal over our physical bodies. I mean, our physical bodies are amazing at repairing itself, but the trauma that goes is often the hardest and the longest road of recovery. So tell us a little bit about that. A few months ago, I broke down in bed because I was so sick of getting up in the middle of the night. And this is, my kids are six and eight and I'm still like, Like, I just want one night where I can just sleep through the night and not have to worry about him, you know, Um, particularly Ronan, because I don't know why, but Ronan just wakes up all the time. He loves his mama. He wakes me up for hugs. And then you can't be mad because you're like, well, he wanted a hug, so I can't, you know, and it's so (laughs) confusing. It's just like, it just really messes with your mind. Um, So the, and I know this all stuff sounds so cliche, but like giving yourself a lot of grace and understanding that motherhood nobody, nobody has a perfect life and nobody's doing, everybody's looking at everybody else going, oh, you're doing it better than me. Everybody. And it's one of those Mm -hmm. things like I I was actually talking to somebody about this today. Brene Brown has this like thing that she says where she's like uh, people who criticize other people. And she's like, if you're not doing it with me, then you have no right to criticize. Like you don't get an opinion. You're not in the boat with me. You don't get an opinion. And Mm -hmm. you know, that feels that way about motherhood. Like most mothers aren't going to look at another mom and criticize. They're just going to be like, Hey, mamahood is sisterhood. And I see you and this is hard and you're doing your best. And I think that that's all we can, we can do. And, and, you know, sometimes your best isn't your best. Like sometimes your best today is like just surviving and Hey, you brushed your teeth today. Good job. You know, and, Mm -hmm. and your best doesn't mean that you like the house is perfect and it's clean and you made cookies that I, I think we need to be careful when we say like, we're doing our best. It's like, just what are you capable of doing right now? And what are you capable of giving right now? And that needs to be enough. But honestly, though, I think the biggest thing is not martyring oneself 
it's really easy to just like take it all on the chin and not allow other people to support you and sort of play the hero. Um, you know, and people ask for help and you go, no, it's okay. I got it. No, somebody offers to help you take it. And I don't think that we do mm-hmm. a good job at that because we expect that we're supposed to inherently biologically be capable of doing all of these things, but that's actually not how it was. We've always been community oriented species. We've always had a group and to think that we can just be in our house by ourselves and never see another soul and then like stay ahead of the game is it's insincere to who we are as human beings. Um, reaching out for help is the most important thing you could possibly do. I think that's so great. I think that's, you simply put it like, if you're best, like, it doesn't mean that you're at a hundred percent. Like that no. does not mean that that's what your best is. Like whatever percentage you're at, even if you're at 5%, mm-hmm. like being your best at that 5%, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, I love that because I think, you know, that's, you know, a friend of mine, she kind of encouraged me to have that motto. Like, I'm just trying my best, whatever that looks like. That's my best. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be different tomorrow. It might be different a week from now. But right now, like my best is at 25%. Mm-hmm. So whatever that 25% is, like that's my best. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's so good the way that you explained it, because it's like, we're not, say you're at 20%. We're not asking for you like to be at a hundred percent to be your best. Like we, you know what I mean? And this is something that I have told my husband in the past that he's just been really good about understanding is you know, there came a point where I was like, you know, I do, I could do it all. I literally could do it all because I know me, but is that going to make me feel good? No, it's not like, it's not. So I'm not going to do 100%. What's going to make me feel good is if I at least do something at 20%, because that's how I feel is 20%. Mm -hmm. So if I can at least do 20%, then I know I did my best, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, I, think that that's such a good perspective on moms to think is like, even if today this is the only percentage that you have, just be really good at that. Mm -hmm. Just if that 10% is like, I got a shower today and that's Mm -hmm. what matters, Mm -hmm. then great. We love that for you, you know, and that's what we want you to continue to do. And I think with that, it's just this, you do begin to have grace on yourself. If you realize like, this is what my best is. It's yep. not going to look like anybody else's, but this is what my best is. And I think that grace will look really good. But also too, you mentioned about getting the help. I totally like, if you can get the help, get the help because some of us don't know what it's like to not have any help. And so if somebody's offering you help, take it, please take it, please take it. Because I've been in situations as a mom where I didn't have any help and people were more than helpable, like more than capable to help us, but just didn't offer. Mm-hmm. And it was always like, oh, well, good luck with that. Or like, oh, that's just how it is being a mom. And it's like, but nobody would offer their help. And it was like, if you have somebody who wants to help, take it because you don't know, you don't know how it feels not to have any help. Like, literally nobody not helping you. So I love that encouragement of just, if you can get the help and it's been offered, take it, mm-hmm. take it. And also too, don't be afraid to voice how you need help. Like I need help. I don't need help with you holding my baby. 
I need help. You like, I need somebody to talk to, or I need somebody just to come and like sit with me and just be my company. Or I need somebody to take my other kids for the full day or for the night. I need somebody to do that because I think sometimes when we think about help that we just not only just need to accept whatever help we get, but then we're not feeling like people are hearing us in the ways that we need to be heard in the ways that we need to be helped. It's like, sometimes we just need to say how we need help so that somebody can help us. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's a little bit of the issue is sometimes why people don't help is because they're like, well, I don't know how, I don't know what, how, tell me what you need and I will do it, you know? And so I think sometimes that is as moms, we're afraid to ask for help and we don't, we're afraid to ask specifically how we need help and we need to do that. We definitely need to do that. Um, I remember once my brother came over to see me and he got there and I was like, can I please take a nap? And he was a little taken aback, but he was like, you really need to take a nap clearly. And I just went in my room and I just bawled my eyes out until I fell asleep. And I left him with the kids. And then the entire time I was like, I probably should, he, he, he probably wants to see me. I need to get up. I need to like host my brother and, blah, blah, blah. and, and it was this like constant pressure instead of being like, the kids are safe. They're with their uncle. I'm okay. Like, let me have, he's giving me this gift. Let me take it. But we just put so much, we can also put so much pressure on ourselves. I do this thing where like, I don't think that my time is as valuable as your time. So I mm-hmm. And even in like non-mom stuff, like I went shopping with when we were in Spain, I was with a friend and he wanted to buy a bag. So we were in the store and I was watching him buy a bag and I was helping him buy the bag. And I was like, you should get this one and that this one. And it was great. And, um, but then I wanted to go into a store and I was like, I'm not going to be long. I really don't like shopping. And he was like, why are you being weird? Like, uh, you, why? but I was like, oh, I just don't think my time is as valuable as yours. I, it was like, I had like a, a realization, um, in that moment. And I had no problem spending all the time for him, but I had so much problem with him spending time on me. Um, and I think that that like gets inherently compounded when you're a mom, because it's not just about you. Then it's like, oh, I'm asking you to watch my kids and that's my responsibility and not yours. And, and, and then you feel so guilty and it's like all these things. And that, that's a really hard thing to let go of. Like what I'm asking you is a big ask by saying like, Hey, you need to let other people help you and kind of let your guilt subside that I'm, I realize that that's actually a really difficult thing to say, but it, it's really important. <laughs> I don't... Yeah. And I feel the more as like, I mean, this is something I feel like I'm even working on as a mom is like, just being more like aware of that being yeah. more aware, like my, va- my time is just as valuable as his time. You know, the amount of time that he spends doing this. Like I should, I know that if I do this, it's just as valuable or just as productive or it's just as needed, you know? So I'm as a mom, those are things that I too, I mean, I've been a mom for eight years and I'm still working on that. So it's like, it's a process. And these are things that, you know, you share on here that are just not something that necessarily comes naturally for a lot of moms to do or for a lot of moms to step back and to try to like work through. And it's really not natural for a lot of moms. So it takes time. So that's the grace part of it is like, it's just going to take time to work through these things and be more vocal about what you need and, or 
um, work through, like, you know, you had talked about working through those thoughts of like, why do I feel like this? Where is this coming from? You know, or um, the expectations that we think is just going to take time. And I think that's something that all moms can resonate with and should resonate with and should consider is it's just going to take time to have grace and to take a step back, breathe and, you know, all those things I had mentioned. So, um, not something that we can do right away, I would say. So something that happened to me in motherhood is I started realizing my own, just using the example of your time. is more That is not something that started in motherhood. That is a, 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 a issue that I've had my entire life. So when you become a mom, sometimes you start those, those, um, issues that you have, those traumas that you have can get accentuated. Um, and then you have to sort of look at yourself, not just through the lens of a mom, but through the lens of like who you are as a human being and how your personality, they tell you, they tell you that your personality is just a trauma response. And so if you're like, you know, saying things like, okay, no, I got it. It's me. And I have to do everything. And like, okay, well, why, like what happened to you in your childhood? And like, where is this coming from? And what kind of work can we do on ourselves on a, just, just a, just a human level, mom aside, Mm -hmm. human level to just help ourselves grow. So that stuff isn't just affecting us as people, but it, it, we, it allows us to become better mothers Mm -hmm. because I don't want to teach my kids that, you know? Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, a lot of times it's our personality. (laughs) I feel like marriage and parenthood, like bring out like things in yourself that you didn't realize that were there or responses to things. Uh And it's like, this is just what it's doing. Yeah. Because even just you saying that I was thinking like, oh, why do, oh, that's probably why I feel like I need to do everything. You know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z, my mind was already going through those methodical, you know, (laughs) in there. So that's, that's really true. So, so Suzanne, so to end, what are, where can people find you? We talk about a little bit where they can get your book, everything. Yeah. My book, uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's called post pardon me. Um, and I'm sure the link will be in the show notes and I hang out on Instagram as Suze Yatim Aslam. Um, that's my, that's my place. Don't, don't find me anywhere else. I'm, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's too many things. I can't do it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on here and just, um, I'm so glad it worked out and that we got it all situated. And if you're a mom listening to this, just leave a review explaining what you were encouraged by, what really resonated with you and, um, go ahead and go follow Suzanne, get her book, read it. Uh, You'll probably laugh. You'll probably cry. You'll probably like, definitely be like me too, mom, you know, just that camaraderie. So, um, thank you again, Suzanne. And And if there, hopefully we'll see you again here on the podcast real soon. So thanks, Amanda. Ciao. All right. Take care. Hi again. Thank you so much for listening to this great episode. If you had learned something today, please make sure you leave a review in Apple Podcasts and share with another mom friend. Also, pop on over to our private Facebook group, sign up for our email list and connect with me on social media, which are all linked in the description of this podcast. I can't wait to see you over there and connect with you. Now go listen to your mom gut because wisdom will guide you and chances are it won't let you down. Until next time, cheers.